space, we are holding two lines from the bottom of the Ahmed. Rav Ada, Umide Kometaretz. The first were three lines from the bottom. Umide Kometaretz, Rav Ada Barave. This is in the middle of an Indian. So let me just recap what we learned on Friday. We learned on Friday the Mishnah with that brings a machlekes between Rabbi Leyazar and Rabbi Kiva regarding the um, psilois. We're using wicks for Shabbos candles and a person is using for his Shabbos candles pieces of a garment that he's rolling up as a wick. So there's a machlekes Rabbi Leyazar and Rabbi Kiva whether it could be used for Shabbos candles. So the pshat that the Gemara here said in the name of Rav Ada Barava was that this was talking about on Yom Tif. Yom Tif fell out on Erev Shabbos and there's an issue of Noilad which means that if you take a garment that was a keli that could be used and then you singe it, you burn it and then it's not a keli anymore because it's not the minimum size to be a garment so now it's muktza. It can't be used anymore. So how could you light it? That's the opinion of Rabbi Yezer. Rabbi Kiva, on the other hand, says that even before you light it, it's already not a keli because it was it was folded up as a wick, and therefore it's there's no issue of muktzeh here. There's no issue of noilat. So this is all based on the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says that there's an issue with noilat and yomtif, and the example Rabbi Yehuda used was that if you want to use any kalim to put into a fireplace, it's a keli is a is a keli that could be used for anything. You were planning on using it, you, and therefore it's not mukta. When you have something which is noilat, that it comes into being on yontif, and it wasn't expected to be this way, so therefore this is something new, and you weren't expected to use it, so that's mukta. So therefore shivrei kelim, he says, when a keli breaks and it becomes a noilat, it's a new thing, so that's mukta. You can't use it on yontif. That's the basis of Rav Ada Bar Avis Teretz. So the Gemara now will question this. If Rav Ada Bar is explaining our Mishnah here, the Machlaikis of Rabbi Leazar and Rabbi Kiva, based on Rabbi Yehuda's opinion that there's an issue with Noilad on Yom Tev, no. so this proves that Rabbi Yehuda is that he holds like Rabbi Yehuda. Did Rav Ade Barave say this? That he does he hold like Rabbi Yehuda? But we know Rav Ade Barave said the following: Nochri shechokak kav bebikas Yisrael, a goy that carved out a keli, the measurement of a kav bebikas Yisrael in a log of wood that belongs to a yid. So the guy went and took this log and created this new keli on Yontif. It's Nailat. It's a new thing that was created on Yontif. It obviously was not presumed or planned on using it before Yontif. So since this is new, it's Mukta and it shouldn't be allowed to be used if you're going to follow Rav Yudha's opinion. But Rav Adabarava says that Masika be Yontif, that Ayid could use it in a fire on Yontif. So we see that he disagrees with what Rav Yudha holds. But this is a new keli that the guy carved out here on Yontif. And for the Gemara, the Devreyem, the Rabbi Yezev, Rabbi Kiva Ka'omar. When Rav Adabarav explained our Mishnah according to Rabbi Yehuda, he was only explaining the opinions of Rabbi Yezev and Rabbi Kiva, but Velei Loi Svirelei. But he himself does not hold like Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. He himself holds that in such a case when there's Noilad, you could use it in a fire on Yontif. Dr. Gemara Rova Omar. Now the Gemara goes back. 
to explaining the second Machloikis of Rabbi Yazar and Rabbi Kiva. The second Machloikis was regarding, actually, yeah, the second Machloikis was regarding Shabbos candles. Could you use a wick that was folded for Shabbos candles? So Rabbi gives a much simpler answer without this whole complicated story that Rabbi Barava spoke about, that it was Shabbos, uh, uh, of Shabbos, I mean, was Yontif, without all of that. He says very simply, high new time with the Rabbi Yezid. The reason why Rabbi Yezid holds, you can't take a small piece of garment and fold it up to use it for a wick. You can't light with a wick that's not which is not prepared, it's not, um, I forgot the exact word in English for mechoreches, just a second. They're not charred, charred. Not charred. And it's, rags that's not charred. Right, rags that are not charred. And also not with a shmata, with rags that are not charred. It has to be prepared in order that it should burn well. So Rabbi Yezah holds, it's not going to burn properly, and therefore the person's going to come to tamper with it on Shabbos. Whereas Rabbi Kiva holds, that no, it's going to burn perfectly, and a person will not come to tamper with it on Shabbos. So that's, that's the whole machlaikis, no complicated matter. They're just discussing a simple thing, whether it's going to burn well or not. So the Gemara Vaiter, now the Gemara brings back a Braise that we learned in the Gemara before we learned on Friday. Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef learned in a Braise. Gimel al Gimel mitzum tzomais. There was a Braise that said that there's a certain Mishnah that spoke about a garment and it was speaking specifically about a very small garment that's three by three at Zbois. Regarding regarding which Mishnah did this refer to? According to Rav Adabar Aves Pshat, it referred to our Mishnah over here that was talking about using a very small garment, and then when you burn it, it becomes less than that size and it becomes Muktza. But Rav that gives a simple Pshat and doesn't connect the, our Mishnah to Muktza, so that can't be the Pshat. So Legabe what was it said, this thing of Gimel al Gimel Mitzum Tzomais? And for the Gemara, Le'inyan Tuma. It was said regarding the Mishnah in Kalim that discusses the minimum size of a garment for Tuma. The Tan we learned in the Mishnah of Kalim. Gimel al Gimel Sha'amru, the size of three by three, it's boys that was said regarding Tuma. Chutz Amalal, that's besides the, the hem. So it doesn't have to be a three by three, it has to be three by three plus the hem. No, when the shear was given three by three at Zbois, it's exactly three by three, and you don't have to have any addition for the hem. So this Braise that said Gimel al Gimel Mitzum Tzomais, that it's exact, it was saying that we should pass like the Chachamim, that it's exact and not like Rab Shimon's opinion. That's what it goes on. So now, since the Gemara before brought up this halacha of Nailad on Yontif, the Gemara here is going to now bring uh, additional cases regarding this halacha. And then it's going to return back to the Pshara of the Mishnah. Omar Rav Rav, Rav said in the name of Rav. So the first thing he said was, and this was quoted from Abraisa, according to the Rishayim, that the first case here is what was mentioned before, which is Abraisa. Masikim bekalim, you can use kalim to burn to make a fire with it because that was prepared to be used already before yomtiv. Even though you probably weren't necessarily expecting to use the kali for a fire, you were probably going to use the kali to eat from it or whatever else. But if you need it 
for wood in a fire, you can use it because it was prepared to use. But that broke on Yomtif, it's Nailad, it's something new, and it wasn't expected to be used this way, so therefore that's Muktza. That's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. And Rabshimin says, no, it's permitted, it's not Muktza. That's the example that it said in this Braise. Now, another two examples are added in the name of Rav. Masikin bitmarim. You can use dates in a fire on Yom Tif. Again, the reason is because the dates are made for eating. You're planning on eating it. So because you were planning on eating it, so therefore, once you can use it for that, you can use it also in a fireplace if you need. Achlon, once you ate the dates, ain masikin begari neyen. You're not allowed to use the pits and throw it into the fireplace because the pits is nailah, that's something new that came out of the uh, fruit and that's, that can't be used. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda. This is Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. But Rabshimin Matir and Rabshimin again says that it's permitted. Masikin Be'agoizim, a third case. You're allowed to use nuts in a fire. Achlon, however, if you ate the nuts, so then ain masikin You can't use the shell for the fire because the shell again that became separated from the food, and this is something new that you weren't expecting to use in a fireplace, so therefore it's mukta. But matter. And Abshimin again regarding this case will say that it's mutter. So we have three cases that seem to say the exact same point. So the Gemara now will explain why we needed all three cases. And it's necessary to mention all cases. If it would have said only the first case, then I would have said, perhaps Rabbi Yehuda only said in that case that it's Osir. Why? This object was first a keli and Vahashtashev a keli. Now it's something totally new. Now it broke. It can't be used as a keli anymore, so it's something totally new. Vavale Noilat. So it's, it's, it's a new creation, it's sort, of, sort of new, Vasar, and therefore it's permitted. But when it comes to, to a date, the Meikara Garinen, the pits were there before inside the dates, and Vahashta Garinen, and now you have the pits. I would say the fact that you ate the fruit and you uncovered the pit, the pit was there all the time. It was just covered. So maybe this is not considered to be Noilad, it's not like a Kaili that broke. So therefore, he has to tell me that in that case, Rabbi Yehuda also says it's Asr. Going on to the third case, if we would only say the case of the, the date with the pits, I would say those uh, the pits were covered, so you couldn't even see it at all. It, weren't, it wasn't accessible. Now you uncovered it, so therefore that, that's enough to consider it to be something new on Yantif that's mukta that can't be used in a fireplace. But when it comes to the, to the shells of walnuts, the miglu, the shells was on the the shell is on the outside, and it's it's revealed, it's there, and vahashtem miglu, and now it's uncovered, it's there. The fact that you just separated the fruit from it, I would say, but still the shell was always there on the outside, so therefore I would say that it's not something new, and you could use it. Therefore, Rabbi Yehuda again had to tell us that because you separated the fruit. And therefore now it's separate, it becomes a new thing, and you can't use it in a fire. This is the explanation of why we need all three cases. Now the Gemara tells us this was all said in the name of Rav Yehuda, Omar Rav, in the name of Rav. 
This is not something that Rav said clearly. Rav never said this clearly as a halacha. Ella rather, This was all learned from a story that happened that we, they understood that this is Rav's opinion. What happened? The Rav Ochel Tamri was once on a weekday and Rav was eating dates. And when he finished eating, so he had the pits. What did he do with the pits? He threw the pits into an oven, into a fire, to help the fire. Instead of doing baltashchis, so he made a use out of it. He threw it into the fire. Son of nobles. We had this expression in the Gemara more than once already. This is the way Rabchiyeh would refer to Rav. Son of nobles, because he was a son of great Tamid Chachamim. Equivalent to what you just did on Yontif would be Yasser. Because it's, it's Noilad, as we just said, and, uh, and therefore would be Yasser. So this story that happened is the source of where it was taken that Rav holds that this is Noilad and is Yasser. But now the Gemara questions this. Kibla minei, or like kibla minei. Did Rav actually accept what Rabbi told him, or did he not accept it? Maybe he didn't accept it. Toshema. So I'll bring you a raya to this. When Rav came to Bavel, originally Rav was in Eretz Yisrael. He learned by Rabbeinu Hakadosh, but then he came down to Bavel. So there was an incident that happened when Rav came to Bavel. Achal Tamri. So I was on Yontif, and he was eating dates. And he threw the pits to the animals to eat. So we see here that he didn't treat it as muktzah. He threw it to the animals. So it doesn't seem like he accepted what Rabchiyah said. My love, now the Gemara will, will distinguish between different types of pits. My love, the Parsiaisa, that this is talking about Persian dates, and Rashi explains the Persian dates, so they ripen well, and you can eat the entire fruit, and it doesn't, the, the, there's no remainder of the fruit that sticks to the, to the pit. And therefore, when, he, when he's throwing the pit, the pit has no leftovers of the fruit on it. So it's, it's nailad, it's a new thing, and it would be totally muktzah. So, and still, Rav went and used it and threw it to an animal and fed an animal with it, which means, v'loi kibla, that he didn't accept what Rav told him, that he shouldn't be using it on Yantif. And for the not necessarily, loi ba'armi yasa. It could be, we're talking about Armenian dates, which are dates that are not of such a good quality, and it doesn't ripen properly, and when you eat it, there's some remainder of the fruit on the pits, and therefore, the Gemara explains, hoyel v'chazi agav imayu, because there's some of the fruit that's left on the, on the pit, and that's not muktzah, so therefore he's allowed to use it and throw it to the animals to eat. So not necessarily is this incident a raya that he did not accept what Rabchiyah said. So this is so therefore we say that he did accept what Rabchiyah said, and that's the source of what was brought before in the name of Rav. Going back to this this halacha again, the Rabbi Yehuda that says the masikim bekelim, vei masikim b'shivre kelim. You can use kelim in a fire. It's not it's 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 not mukta, but shivre kelim are mukta. You can't use it in a fire on yontif. So if so, there's a big problem. Even if you're using kalim, which are not muktzah, but kivin the adlik bahu porta, once the fire burns these kalim a little bit, havalei shivre kalim. So then it's not usable as a keli anymore, then it should become muktzah. So if you're stoking the flames of the fire, be You're doing an action, you're dealing with something which is muktzah. 
So how would you be allowed to do that on Yom Tov? And for the Gemara, the Ovat Kid Rav Masna. What you have to do is like what Rav Masna says. Omar Rav Masna. Rav Masna said regarding a similar thing. Omar Rav, the name of Rav. Eitzim shenoshru menadekel letaner beyomtif. How about if you have branches of a tree that fell from the, the, the tree into a fire in an oven on Yomtif? So this is obviously noilad. It was first part of the tree, not fit for use at all. You weren't planning on using it at all. And now it's perfect wood in a fireplace. Are you allowed to use that on Yomtif? No, it should be noilad. So what do you do? Marbe eitzim. You add more wood that was muchanim that were prepared, and therefore you mavatel it. Oh, masikon, and then you put on the fire on yontif. So therefore, over here, you'll have to do the same thing when you're using kalim. So you have to add other pieces of wood that were prepared in order to be mavatel it. This is the, the gemara over here. So let me just mention bekitzer that. There's a famous Rashba that's brought in many of the Paiskim, and it's a very big discussion about this Rashba. Then you get to the Lashon that the Gemara said before, that when you're using Kalim, and once it burns in the fire, the Kalim becomes Shivrei Kalim. It's now it becomes burnt, so it's not anymore Roy to be a Kali. And therefore the question was, if you're Mahapech, if you're stoking the flames, how could you do that on Yant if it's Mukta? So the Rashba says from the Lashon of the Gemara is Araya, that when it comes to Mukta, there's no Isser to have Hanah of Mukta. If there was an Isser to have Hanah of Mukta, the Gemara should have said that the, what's burning in the fire is from a Mukta object and you're having Hanah of Mukta. Why didn't the Gemara just simply say that? Elamai, the Gemara says, you're Mahapech, only if you stoke the flames is the problem. So you see that the issue with Mukta is that you're not allowed to be metaltal, you're not allowed to touch it, you're not allowed to move it on Shabbos Yom Tif. But there's no issue of having Hanav of something which is Mukta on Shabbos Yom Tif. That's the Rashba. It's a, a, a Derai is from this Gemara and it's negated to many, many different Halachis. It's always <coughs> You would never be able to put a piece of wood. It's always Shubikavim. No, so if there are logs of wood that a person has prepared before Shabbos or Yom Tif, that is not Shabbos but Yom Tif, for the fireplace, so then those are kalim that are those are logs of wood that are prepared for the fireplace. So it's not mukta. But in any other case where there's a mukta, there's an iser to be metaltal to do an action with it on Yom Tif, but not to have anav. But there's no iser anav on mukta. That's the Rashba. There's a long kuntres from the Alter Rebbe on this and Simon Tov Kov Zayin and Hilchas Yom Tif, a very long kuntres there the Alter Rebbe proves from Amogen Avram that there actually is or is a Hanah of Muktzah Yantif and the Alter Rebbe explains, I'm just going to say one Akudah Bekitzer, a very long Kuntris Achren the Alter Rebbe says there's a difference between a Hanah de Mimele and Hanah that comes from a Maise if there's an automatic Hanah, like in this case you put the Kali into the fire and while you put it into the fire it wasn't Muktzah yet and then it's burning in the fire and the hana comes to you memela without you doing anything. That kind of hana is mutabana. A hana, though, that's caused by your maise, you're doing a maise, that kind of hana is going to be aser mitzad mukse. That's the Alter Rebbe, but it's a big arichist there. I just want to mention it over here, uh, Vart from the Alter Rebbe. Let's go right to the Gemara. So, the Gemara of Hamnune Omar. So now the Gemara goes back to the Mishnah, and the Gemara will give us a second pshat in the Mishnah regarding why. Um, the Machlekes of Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Kiva Benigeya to the Psilis of the Beged that he's uh, folding up and using it to light Shabbos candles. So let's see. So the Gemara na Nupshat. Rav Amnuna says, What was the Machlekes of Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Kiva Benigeya to whether it's Tomei or Toher? 
So the Gemara brings for another source. We're speaking over here about pieces of garment that were less than three by three tfachim. And over here, the Machleikas of Eliezer Abba is dealing with a special leniency that there is when it comes to the Tumah of a garment that's basically turned into a rag, a shmata, something that you're not using, Bechlal. So because it's not a regular piece of clothing that you wear, it's a matlonius, which is again is a rag. So here there's a special color regarding the halacha of Tumah. And here there's a machlekes of Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yezer. Ve'ozda, Rabbi Yezer letaimei, ve'Rabbi Kiva letaimei. Rabbi Yezer follows his opinion, and Rabbi Kiva follows his opinion, as we'll see right now. Itnan, we learned in a Mishnah, in Mesech Tekelim. Pachais mishloisha al shloisha. When you have uh, uh, rags that are less than three by three tfachim. It's being used to plug up a bath or to mix in a pot or to clean a mill. So this is not something which is a regular garment anymore. It's basically a piece of rag. Whether it's prepared, whether it's not prepared, the Gemara will explain in a moment what this means, prepared and not prepared. Either way, tome. This is Makabal Tumet, Tomei. Devrei Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Yeshua argues and says, Bein menamuchan, o bein shaloi menamuchan. Either way, whether it's prepared or not, tohir. It's a rag and it's tohir. Rabbi Kiva Oimer, Rabbi Kiva argues and says, Minamuchan, if it's prepared, then it's Tomei. Shaloi menamuchan, if it's not prepared, then it's tohir. Now, what's the explanation of this Mishnah? What is the meaning of Menamuchan and not Menamuchan? So the Gemara explains. Everybody will agree. If you had a piece of rag that's less than three by three tfachim and you threw it into the garbage, everybody will agree that this is not Makabal Tum, it's Toir. It's not a garment anymore. You threw it into the garbage, you have no use out of it. At the same time, everybody will agree that if you took this piece of rag and you put it into a chest, everybody will agree, Tome, that it's still makabal Tome because you make it very clear that you still want to use it, even though it's not a regular garment anymore, but you're saving it to use. So when is the argument here? What they're arguing is, you took this rag and you hung it on a peg, or you put it somewhere behind the door. So you didn't mamish put it into a closet, or so either you hung it on a peg, so that's showing that you're designating that you want to use it, or, or less than that, you put it behind the door, but you didn't throw it into the garbage. Either way, you didn't throw it into the garbage, but at the same time, you didn't put it into a chest. So this is in between. Rabbi says, ba'ashba. Since he didn't throw it into the garbage, his, his mind is still on using this. Okay, so therefore Rabbi Yezah says that it's still Makabal Tumah. Now the Gemara explains, So why does it refer to this as Shaloi Menamuchon, that it's, it's not prepared? If he's saying that since he didn't throw it into the garbage, so therefore it's still Makabal Tumah, so why is he saying it's not prepared? 
Lagabe, a person that's taking it and putting it into to a chest, it's it's considered to be not as prepared to the same extent. But still, if you're looking at it in its own right, this is considered to be prepared enough that it's makabel tuma. Rabbi Yeshua Savar and Rabbi Yeshua says, Since you didn't put this piece of rag back into a chest, you're and you're not interested in using it. It's not enough the fact that you put it on a peg or you put it behind the door. Why does Rabbi Yeshua refer to this as Muchan? He says, whether it's Muchan, whether it's not Muchan, why does he call it Muchan? Comparing it to the case where Imam threw it into the garbage, it's considered to be Muchan. That it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not to that extent that Imam discarded of it. It's, it's not in the garbage. So therefore, it's, still, it's called Muchan. But still, it's not Muchan enough that it should be Mekabal Tumah. That's Rabbi Yeshua's opinion. Rabbi <coughs> Kiva. Well, it's Rabbi Kiva's opinion. If you hung it on a peg, he agrees to Rabbi Yezer. You hung it on a place, it's designated for use, and therefore it's Makabal Tomah. If you threw it behind the door, here he holds like Rabbi Shua that it's not Muchan, and therefore it's similar to throwing it into a garbage, and it's not Makabal Tomah. So this is the basis of the Machlaikis in our Mishnah. Similar thing when a person takes a rag, a piece of garment that's less than 3 by 3 tzvachim, he folded it to be used as a wick. Is it Makabal Tumah or not? Rabbi Yezah follows his opinion that it's still Makabal Tumah because he didn't throw it in the garbage. And Rabbi Akiva follows his opinion that no, it's not Makabal Tumah. Unless you hung it on a peg, it's not Makabal Tumah. Now the Gemara goes weiter and says, but Rabbi Kiva retracted of the opinion that he said here in this Mishnah, and he holds like Rabbi Shua, which says that it's always that it's that it's not makabel tumah at all, that it's always toher. Where do we see this? We see this from the language in the Mishnah. Because in the Mishnah it says, when it talks about this wick that's being used, it says the psilo is habeged, the garment, the, the wick of a garment. Why does the Mishnah say the wick of a garment? Listen up psilo shell beged. Why wouldn't it say a wick that comes from the material of a garment? It's not a garment anymore. It's a wick that's being made from the material of a garment. Why is it calling it a beged? Psila is ha beged. Uh, so what's the pshat? My psila is ha beged. What's the pshat in psila is ha beged? Da dayin beged. We're talking about uh, a beged. It's coming to say, Rabbi Kiva wants to say the halacha, that although this is still a beged, it was not thrown in the garbage, but nevertheless, because on the other hand, he didn't put it into a chest, so therefore, it's going to be, it's going to be a tahir. That's uh, because it wasn't thrown into the garbage. That's the Kiddush of the, um, of the Mishnah, of, uh, of, of the Mishnah over here. Again, so, so the, the, again, the diak over here in the Mishnah, that it says that, that it's a beged. So he's coming to emphasize that the psila of this beged, that because it wasn't, uh, th- because it wasn't placed into a chest, because it wasn't placed into a chest to be used, so therefore it doesn't have the chshivas anymore, and therefore it's tahir. Now, in the lashon of the Gemara, it's not very clear where we see that Rabbi Kiva was made to Rabbi Yeshua. So the Rishayim discussed this, the Ritva and other Rishayim discussed this, and they say that because in our Mishnah, Rabbi Kiva was arguing with Rabbi Eliezer, and Rabbi Eliezer's opinion was when it comes to the, these, these, these rags, he compared 
both cases, whether he hung it on a peg, whether he put it behind the door, as long as he didn't put it into garbage. He compared both cases, so Rabbi Kiva in our Mishnah that was arguing with Rabbi Yezer was also arguing regarding both cases. And Rabbi Kiva was saying regarding both cases, he called it a psilis ha-beged, and he came to clarify this beged, this that you say that it's a beged, because he didn't throw it in the garbage, I say that this beged is tohir because he didn't put it into a chest. And therefore the Gemara is Matayik from here that in both cases he argues with Rabbi Yezer and he agrees to Rabbi Yeshua. Zog the Mishnah. Loi Yaakov Adam Shveferes Shal Beitzeh. A person should not take the shell of an egg. So he's going to take, he's going to make a hole in an egg and take out the egg from it and use this shell of an egg to fill it with oil. So the way they would do this is you have a lamp that instead of putting the oil into the lamp, so you have the egg that hangs in the mouth of the lamp and you make a hole at the bottom and the oil drips from the egg, from the egg, from the shell of the egg into the uh, lamp that the fire should burn. So on Shabbos, you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to make a hole in the shell of an egg. And you fill up the shell with oil. And you place it on the mouth of a lamp that it should drip on, on Shabbos. That it should drip there. What's the reason? Why not? So Rashi here says, because the person might want to use this oil. If he's going to have a shortage on oil, he might want to take out this oil on Shabbos. And if he takes out this oil on Shabbos, so then he's causing the flame of the fire to be extinguished earlier than it should have. This is the Pshat of the Rosh, according to Rashi, that he's, he's going to be over on Mechabe. He's causing the flame to be extinguished. The Rambam learns a different Pshat on this Mishnah, that the problem over here is that it's Muktza. Once he designated the oil to the lamp, so then it's designated for the use of this fire burning, and it's muktzah, so he's not allowed to use it. So therefore, there were geyser that the person might come to use it on Shabbos. And then the Mishnah adds, Even if you're using not a shell of an egg, but even if you have a cheres, an earthenware, a small keli that you use with a hole in it, and it drips from that, you should also not do this on Shabbos, because again, a person might come to use from this oil on Shabbos. But Rabbi Yehuda Mater, Rabbi Yehuda says in both of these cases that it's allowed. If the craftsman that made this lamp with this cheres or this egg hanging in it that for the oil to drip, you connected it together in, in, as one. So from the beginning when it was made, it was connected together. Then mutter. That's a lot. Because it's one keli, the person will remember, he sees that it's part of the lamp, that the oil belongs to the lamp, and he'll remember that he's not allowed to use it on Shabbos. Another similar halacha, you're not allowed to fill a bowl with oil, and place it on the side of a lamp. And then what you do is you have a long wick and the end of the wick goes into this bowl. There's no oil in the lamp itself, but the end of the wick is in the bowl and it draws the oil from the bowl that's next to the lamp. So you're not allowed to do that on Shabbos. That the wick will then draw the oil from the bowl. Again, the same reason because you might come to use the oil of that bowl on Shabbos. But Rabbi Yehuda Mater, Rabbi Yehuda says it's allowed. So Gemara here is now going to explain why do we need all of these cases in the Mishnah if it's saying all the same 
main point. We need all these cases. If we would say only the case where you're using a shell of an egg to store the oil. That's the case where Rabbana said it's a problem that you might come to use it in Shabbos. Since the oil in that shell of egg has not become disgusting, the person might come to use it on Shabbos. But if the oil was placed in earthenware, where the oil becomes more disgusting, maybe in that case, Rabbana would be made to Rabbi Yehuda that we're not concerned that he might use it. If we say the case of where he put the oil in a cheres, maybe I would say only in that case that Rabbi Yehuda say it's permitted because we know he won't come to use it. It's disgusting. In the case where he put it into a shell of an egg where the oil is still fit for use, I would say that maybe he agrees to the Rabbana that it's forbidden. Now the Gemara goes to the third case of the Mishnah. If we would say only these two cases, I would say In these cases, Rabbi Yehuda said that it's permitted because there's no interruption between, there's no uh, break or interruption between the egg or the cheres where you're storing the oil. The way it was done is it was within the walls of the lamp. They put in that this egg to store the oil or this cheres to store the oil that would drip. So it's within the walls of the lamp. So that's something that is as a reminder, the person, he will see that it's within the walls of the lamp. He'll remember not to take anything from it on Shabbos. When you have a bowl that's near a lamp and there's a half stick between the lamp and the bowl, maybe in this case you would admit to Rabbanan's opinion that would concern the person's going to come to use the oil of this bowl. So therefore you have to say that even in this case, Rabbi Yehuda says that it's permitted. And if we would only say this last case, I would say, only over here Rabbanan said it's forbidden forbidden because the bowl is in a separate, the oil in the bowl is separate of the lamp, so we're concerned the person will use it. In the previous two cases, since the egg and the cheres is within the walls of the lamp, I would say Rabbanon agreed to Rabbi Yehuda that a person will remember not to use that oil, so therefore we have to have all these cases to say that Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanon hold of their opinion in all of these cases, even if there are all of these differences that the Gemara just explained. Then it said in the Mishnah, if you connect the shell of the egg or the cheres to the lamp itself, it's connected, so therefore it's mutter, the person will remember he's not allowed to use it. We learned in Abraisa, if you connected it with plaster or with charsis, with, uh, with clay, so then mutter. Then it's for, 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 uh, permitted. But in our mission it says a yaitzer, which sounds like that the person that made this keli, Gilchatchila connected it, the craftsman that made the keli connected it that way, not that the person just comes on his own and connects it with some plaster or clay. And for the Gemara, my yaitzer, when it says in the Mishnah yaitzer, it means ke'en yaitzer, similar to a craftsman. It doesn't have to be that it was connected like that, but it has to be connected properly that the person should see that this is oil that's part of the lamp and he won't come to use it on Shabbos. Now the Gemara brings a story in connection to this halacha. Tanya, we learned in Abraham, Samar Rabbi Yehuda, Pa'amachas. Once Shabbatainu Ba'aliyah's base Nitzah Belud. We spent Shabbos on the second floor in the base Nitzah in Lud, the place where there were many Tamidah Chachamim, apparently, as we'll see in a moment. And they brought over there what kind of a lamp? The lamp that's described in our Mishnah. 
Shweferes shal beitze, a shweferes of a beitze that has a hole with the malanua sheman, and we filled it with oil, v'nekvanua, then we made a hole, v'nachnunua al peyaneir, and we placed it on top of the lamp for the oil to drip into the lamp on Shabbos. Hoyashom, Raptarfin, there's a Canaan. Tarfin was there, and other older scholars were there. They didn't comment about this at all, so they so we see that this is permitted. So this is Rabbi Yehuda's source for his opinion that it's mutter. So the Chachamim responded to Rabbi Yehuda, Misham Raya. From there, you're bringing a proof. Shani Beis Nitze, the place of Beis Nitze is different. There's reason, hey. There was reason. They were Tamid Chachamim and they were careful. Over there, we warned Chayshish they're going to use the oil on Shabbos. But in a regular case, Chachamim wore geyser. Another story the Gemara brings, Abin Tzipayra, Abin from the city Tzipayri. Gorar Safsule Be'alisa de Sheisha. He dragged a bench, it was on the second floor, and the floor was a marble floor. So is there any issue of dragging a bench on a marble floor? No, what's the issue? This was Le'elam Rabbi Yitzchak ben Alazar. This was done in front of Rabbi Yitzchak ben Alazar. Amalei, now Rabbi Yitzchak ben Alazar said to him, Ishtukiloch, if I'm going to be quiet and not say anything, and he, re- he referenced back to the story that we just mentioned, Kedeshtiku lechavraye lerabbi Yehuda, like it happened in the case of Rabbi Yehuda when he used this beitzah for the lamp and the, all the other chachamim were quiet, apparently Rabbi Yitzchak ben Alazar was there and he saw how they were all quiet and they allowed him to do it so a, a destruction could come out of this like in the case of Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yehuda thought that it's permitted for everybody so if I'm going to let you drag this bench here on the floor and I'm not going to comment people will think that this is permitted and really this is what's the Xayda? Xayda Alisa the Sheisha the Xayda is of a floor that's made out of marble Otu Alisa Dalma because of the floor that's not finished with a marble and it's made out of just dirt and when you drag the bench on the floor it can make an indent in the floor and it's a toiled of chayrish and it's asr on Shabbos so this is Xayda therefore he told him he's not allowed to drag the bench Okay, so this is the second story in connection to what we just brought. Now the Gemara brings a third story that's connected to this case of dragging a bench. Reish Knishte de Batsra. Basically the Shamish in a shul, sorry, in Batsra. Gorar Safsala was dragging a bench in front of Rabir Meyerabe. Omalei, so Rabir Meyerabe said to him, Keman, According to whose opinion are you doing this? Kerab Shimin. Are you doing this according to Rab Shimin's opinion? What's Rab Shimin's opinion? Rab Shimin holds you're allowed to drag a bench on Shabbos. We once learned about this before already. And the reason is because it's it, whatever charitz, whatever indent will happen in the ground, he's not being mechaven. And as long as you do a malach on Shabbos and you're not mechaven, there's no Isra. So are you dragging the bench on the ground according to Rab Shimin's opinion? That's not necessarily going to be permitted. When did Rab Shimon say that you're allowed to drag a bench on Shabbos? If it's a large bench, it's too heavy for you to carry, so you have no choice. It's impossible otherwise. But if it's a small bench and you can lift it up on your shoulders, did he say it's allowed? 
Now, so this was this is what Rabbi Yirmiyah Rabbe said. Rab Shimon only said his opinion by a large bench that you can't drag on the yeah, you can't carry after drag on the ground, not by a small bench. Rabbi Yirmiyah Rabbe is arguing on the way Ola interpreted Rab Shimon's opinion. Because Ola said the argument between Rab Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda about dragging a bench on Shabbos on the ground was only regarding a small bench that you could lift up off the ground, you could carry on your shoulders. And then Rab Shimon says that it's permitted. If it was a large bench, even Rab Yehuda that argued with Rab Shimon, everybody would agree that it's permitted to carry it, to drag it that is on the ground because it's too heavy. So Faket, Ola held that Rab Shimon's opinion was he held that that was his Chiddush, that even by small bench that you could pick up, you're still allowed to drag it on the ground. Most of Rabbi Yosef, now Rabbi Yosef asks a question, and both of these opinions, Rabbi Yirmiya Abba's opinion and Ola's opinion, regarding how to understand what Rabbi Shimon was speaking about. We learned in Abraise, and this was quoted before already, a person on Shabbos is allowed to drag a bed, a chair, a bench on the ground, as long as he doesn't have the kavana to make that indent in the ground. So, in this price, it uses an example of a of a chair, which is a smaller thing that you can carry, and it uses an example of a bed or a bench, which is larger that a person can't carry. So we see, not like Ola and not Rabbi Yirmiyababa. Rabbi Shimon said it's a lacha by both, G'daylem and Ketanim. So the Gemara explains that each one gives an answer according to his opinion. So Kashi L'Tarvayu, this is a question on both. Each one of them answered according to their opinion. Since it says a chair, was talking about a very light bed that's going to be similar to a chair that you can carry. If it says that there was a bed, which is so heavy, so the chair we're talking about was a large chair similar to the bed. So therefore, there's no question on both of their opinions. Now the Gemara brings from another case, Benigeya to the Halacha of Shatnez, where it tries to ring a raya about this subject. Masev Rabbe, so Rabbe asked the following question. People that are selling clothing. So they, what they would do is, in order to show the clothing to people, how you wear it and so on, so they would wear this clothing to show it to others just to present it when they're selling it. And he, we're talking here about something which is shatnes. Meichren kedarkon, they can sell it and wear it to show it for others. As long as you're not going to wear it in the time of the summer and to just to, to shield yourself from the sun. Or in the winter or in the rain, to shield yourself from the rain. So the point is, the Isser of Shatnez is only if you're having Hana of it. If you're doing it for the Hana of the garment that you're wearing, that's the problem. If you're just wearing it without the intention of the Hana, that's not a problem. The Hatznuin, the discreet ones, the ones that want to be Mahadir in this Isser, Mafshilin Bemakalachireyen. So they wouldn't wear it to present it to show it to others. They would just throw it on their backs and have it presented on a hanging on a stick. So that's the that's the brayse that we learned. So the Gemara now says, You have the option to do like the snow. You don't have to wear it to present it to people. You could just hang it on a stick. Or today you have a mannequin. You hang it that way. You don't have to wear it. 
So now this case is compared to what we were speaking here about on Shabbos when you have a bench or a chair that's small enough that it's light enough for you to carry. And what does it say over here? As long as you're not having kavane to have the hana of it, shari rab Rab Shimon says it's allowed. So you see over this is allowed. So you see over here that Rab Shimon's hetter was even in a case of ketanim. Like Ola said, not like Rabir Miyarabe. So Tiyofte the Rabir Miyarabe Tiyofte. This refutes Rabir Miyarabe's opinion. This is the end of the Gemara for today. Let me just add quickly one point that this Gemara is the Raya for a very famous opinion of the Aruch, which is quoted in Taisvis, a few places in Shas. When you get to the concept of Psikresha. Psikresha is when you do something without Kavana, but it's impossible that the malacha shouldn't happen. You didn't have kavana for the malacha, but the malacha is definitely going to happen. And then it's Osir. Over here you have a person wearing shatnas, and he's wearing the shatnas without having the kavana to have hanah. But whether he's having the kavana or not, he's having hanah. He, the fact is he's wearing the garment. So Tesis over here says that it has to be speaking in a case, that he's wearing other clothing, and he's putting this just as another layer, and therefore he's not necessarily having hanah. The Aruch says, no, he's having hanah, but because it's a psikresha deloy michele, it's a kind of psikresha that he's not interested in the hanah, he's just doing it to present to others the garment that's for sale, a psikresha deloy michele, where he's not interested at all for this for this hanah at all it's merely just a pre- presentation for the sale that the halacha of psikresha doesn't apply this sugi right over here is one of his rayas to his chiddush that's the end of the gemara today atzlach harab everybody and everything you do we should only hear good news everyone should be gesund and stark tonight's yiralaf nissen we should hear good news and we should see big giluyim take it from yad mamish with the coming of mashiach